Welcome. You've made it to Tough Shit, the podcast that puts the first world problems into perspective. We're your hosts. I'm Corey. I'm Chris. And I'm Jordan. She made it. She's back. She's Why back. wasn't Jordan here last time, Corey? I forgot to text her. Yeah. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty poor leadership over here on my part. All right. Yeah, we have this shitty show if you enjoy it. Uh, we have social media, Instagram, Facebook, at Tough Shit the Podcast. Follow us over there and all that jazz. You can leave ratings and follow us on Spotify or Apple or whichever podcast platform you prefer. We do have merchandise. Go check it out uh, in the links in our Facebook, Instagram, and in our main show. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I emailed the lady asking how things are going. We sold... One shirt in August. Hell yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All I could think to send back was, ha, 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 okay. <laughs> Thank you. Well, it's better than no shirts, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, there's, there's one person somewhere. It's better somewhere. than people sending shirts back. Yeah, like this is garbage. I want my money back. So yeah, go check out whiteimprints.com. Check out their store. We're in there. New logo, all that jazz. And share the show. It's the best way to help. It's free. All that. All right, getting into it. It's spooky season. Yes. And we like to pick a topic that's a little gritty. I wouldn't even call this spooky, although there can be some spooky. We're doing a revenge show. That's kind of gory. Yeah. Yeah. So like at least yeah, come it's not gonna it's not gonna turn into a horror show, it's not gonna turn into like a true crime show, but just get some blood. Something fun for October. Yeah. So this is our revenge show. Yes. And I'm very excited about it because I think we have an awesome story today. Uh have you guys looked into it at all? No. So okay. revenge. Don't yes. get mad, get even. Right? Actually, well, no, they say the best revenge is living well. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm not, like, trying to, like, have revenge on anyone personally, but even so, nah, I have not, not been it. living well. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want another description? Oh, yeah, tell me the, the fucking definition. Shoot! Damn oh, it! Yeah, I said the F word back. Yay! I was going to bring candy today, but no. then I, th- I was thinking about it on the way over because, like, it doesn't make quite the same sound. No. You know, you can't drop a snicker bar into a jar and, like, it'll come up on the no. Unless there was a razor blade in it like they used to do. Then you'd hear <laughs> that hit the little tink. No, remember, that's an urban legend. It is an urban legend, I yes. That was completely it a, untrue. Covered mm-hmm. it on a soft serve. Yeah, check that out. Uh, okay, the description. Revenge. Uh, to avenge oneself or another, usually by retaliating in a kind or degree. In a kind degree? In kind or degree. Oh, like eye for an eye. Yes. Okay. I was thinking about this earlier because, like, there's a lot of, in terms of, like, horror and, like, just Halloween and horror movies and such, the revenge story is the only, like, it's the only situation where the gore, the carnage, all that is kind like there's a justification justifiable. behind yeah. it. Yeah. So well, look, look how popular, like, the John Wick series are. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know? Like there's always like, oh yeah, they killed my dog. Yep. Or it makes you like the character a little more. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Because they kind of like they deserve it. Like oh, they murdered my whole family. Yeah. Or um, oh, what's another one? Oh, did you see Batman? Batman. Yeah. Yeah. Batman. Batman his yeah. whole deal. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, seen the trailer for Silent Night. Speaking of revenge. Oh, John Woo. Yeah. Very excited. I want to go see mm-hmm. that. That looks fun. Good. Looks pretty dope. Uh, okay, we got some complaints as far as revenge in the modern era. I'd say it's pretty passive-aggressive anymore. Yes. Uh, you know, you can post negative shit about someone online. Uh, revenge porn is an issue. Chris learned that the hard way this year. Oh, oh, with mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's. <laughs> I asked him to blur my face out. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, uh, let's see. There's another, like, people might do gross shit, you know, like revenge. I've heard people like uh, like worms, like a can of worms or something under uh, car seats, uh, shitting in mailboxes. You know anything about that? Hmm? I've never pooped in a mailbox. Uh, okay. Um, but, no, I guess my, my take on it, like, to justify doing a revenge episode with the, 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 in the parameters that the show's supposed to fall underneath it doesn't usually was yeah like the uh yeah. was the passive aggressive online bullshit yeah like yeah. twitter like facebook like all like where mm-hmm. you can just like or you know especially stuff where you can just anonymously yeah. like here's a picture it. of you from 15 years ago yeah you were it's totally easy. Different there's no person and yeah i'm not saying that like oh i kind of am saying like if you're gonna take revenge on somebody do it in person. You know, I oh, think yeah. that's what but everybody's missing now is just there's no more face to face. So don't send out a horrible tweet. I don't uh-huh. know. <laughs> I'm not saying kill him. <laughs> but at least that's taking a little more effort. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So that's what bothers me is that there's no effort put into revenge anymore. And personally, mm-hmm. I'm not a vengeful person. I don't really hold grudges even. I get over yeah. shit pretty quick. Yeah. When I was I, younger, I would. And I think just because eh, that was like the cool thing almost, or like, oh, that son of a bitch, I'll get back to him. I'll get back at him sort of thing. You were one not to mess with. I oh, can recall yep. if you oh, did yeah. anything to Corey, <laughs> oh, yeah. whether it was in jest or not, he would come back at you tenfold. Oh, yeah. He was a mean man. <laughs> so we just left him alone. But I guess, like, the only thing I could ever think of that I did, like, a true revenge, it wasn't even me. I had to have somebody, a surrogate revenger do it for me, a friend of mine. Uh-huh. that I may have talked about it before. I, we were, I was in middle school. There were some kids that, because remember, you'd always stick your pencil in that little hole in the lock for your locker. So oh, so you, so you could, yeah, okay. These kids would eat my cookies every day. These kids being your close Couple friends. Couple friends that I still am friends <laughs> with. They'd get in there and eat my cookies out of my lunch. Yeah. It drove me nuts. So I had a friend who made X-Lax cookies oh. and replaced those yeah. cookies with those. So like I was kind of hands off. Like, he did it for me. Uh, it was like hiring a hitman. You know what I mean? Yeah, you hired a mercenary to do your dirty work. And the two of them had torrential diarrhea the rest of the day. <laughs> because there's two things that are horrifying to happen in high school. Like, in oh, school. Yeah. Boners and diarrhea. Yeah. So, it was diarrhea. That was like, that's the only thing I could think of that was like, revenge-like for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I recall you getting revenge on me once when you, that, that was your mic shaking. Oh, whoops. <laughs> Uh, when you worked at that restaurant, I think you spit in my food. Or several. Who knows? I spit in several people's food. <laughs> That's why I know uh-huh. to this day. Yeah. You just take what don't. you get at yeah. the restaurant and don't mess with anyone. Yeah. Don't mess with the waitress. Don't mess with the bartender. If there is mess- genuinely yeah. something wrong with your order, like be very kind about it. Yes. If like, there's something that you're going to put inside of you behind a door, you mm-hmm. can't see what they're doing to it. Be very nice to them. Yeah. They can do whatever they want. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you have any revenge stories, issues? Not really. I don't really ever take revenge. I feel like... Not worth it. Not worth it. Yeah. I believe in karma. It'll, yeah. it'll come to Turn, them. Okay. Like, yeah. for okay. example, when I was a waitress, I had this, like, family. It was a really busy night, and they, like, freaked out on me in front of everyone outside yeah. on the patio and, uh. like, screamed at me and stuff. And so I told my bosses. They ended up asking them to leave, whatever. But then the table right next to them was also my table, and they tipped me $20. Nice. For how poorly the See? other people treated me. Wow. And you kept yeah. it cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that's hard to do. Well, it I is. Yeah. Back because yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, that's like yeah, that is, and I I sometimes struggle with keep. But people who work in the service, I don't want to go on a whole thing. But mm-hmm. people who work in the service industry, like it is a skill set. Yeah, mm-hmm. like there's a like there's a reason that people can make a living on it, and they should because it's tougher than a lot of jobs where people actually go to school for mm-hmm. it. So yep. I commend people who do that. Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, as Christopher said, I. Uh, Used to go a little hard on some of my vengeance, or usually just unprovoked. I'd just be a dick. Mm-hmm. And then as I got older, I was like, man, I'm really tired of this because I would still get it back from people. So I was just like, no, no. And that's the whole, like said, karma. Live and let live. And let live. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Let him be. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, your, uh, your dad and me had a very long history of back and forth. Pranks on it. each other at work. <laughs> very, that. very long. And then it got to a point and I'm like, all right, I'm just done. I, I just, I'm, <laughs> I'm over <laughs> it because he'll come back too. So, yep. yeah. And I could see both you two just like not really get, thinking it yeah. through. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not getting, not giving up on it. It would, yeah. Uh huh. So that was a, a big part of why I, I'm just like, all right, it's, it's not going to end. So yeah. I'm, I'm ending this. I'm Be the bigger it. man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, that being said, uh, I have what did I what did I tell you? Oh yeah, I've been creatively constipated and have not been participating in the show. So Chris will take the reins and read his very short story. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's I do want to say that because I know the last. So, uh, this is I'm using this revenge as a metaphor, sort of. I'm taking revenge personally today on the last episode, which was garbage trash because. It was pretty bad. No, no, we didn't show up. So I think if we're going to show up, mm-hmm. even if it's not the best, we show up with our best, right? Sure. Okay. I so showed up showing, with nothing. Let's show up. Well, <laughs> but you have, even if you don't have anything, this is cheesy, you can have a positive attitude. <laughs> right? Correct. Okay. So taking revenge on that on the last episode. All right. I got some other stuff to talk about, but maybe we should just get into the show. Yeah. Yep. In case I don't have a voice by the end of it. Oh, yeah. Don't you have a skanker sore on the back I of your have throat? A, okay. So I have a canker sore a on the back. On the it's back. not as bad as yesterday. <laughs> I have a canker sore on the back of my tongue, mm-hmm. in a spot that rubs on the, my back molar every mm-hmm. time I talk, which is going to make this a challenge because it's a little longer story. So between that and I overdid an eye drop prescription this mm-hmm. week and may have ulcerated my cornea. So everything's fuzzy right now. Oh my so gosh. I can't see and it hurts to talk. So let's do this show. Yeah. <laughs> I guess if you didn't spend so much time in the bathhouse, you wouldn't get those uh, canker sores. Ah, or is that a, a reference to the story? No. There's a bathhouse. Did you not read it? No, I didn't read the story. <laughs> Fucker. Oh, nuts. <laughs> We're going to Toys for Tots next week. It's going to be sweet. Those okay. kids are going to be happy. So let's get into it. Fuck yeah. Today's <laughs> story is called, I'm calling it, Best Served in a Boat. Mm-hmm. So before we get into it, um, I want to just... I scrapped two pages of this intro, but just to give an idea, does everybody know generally where Ukraine is? You know, (laughs) I've heard there's something going on. That's where, like, it's on uh, the eastern coast of South Africa. Oh, you're being a dickhead. Listen, do you know where Ukraine is? Every person on planet Earth knows where goddamn Ukraine is right now. Sometimes I personally have trouble with the geography of Europe east of pretty much France. Well, because the USSR sucked up so much of it. And everything's kind of broken blob, up. So yeah. it's just but so today's tale is going to take us to this is tenth century mm-hmm. mostly. 
uh, Kievan Rus. Um, so pretty much like just so we can get an idea of where it is. Mm-hmm. This is like modern day today. Kievan Rus in the 10th century would now be like bits of Russia, Ukraine and Belarus. Yep. Which is a country I always forget about. That's right I, next to Ukraine. Yes. Yeah. I have a note saying that it is a country and not a baby walrus. But <laughs> <laughs> it does sound adorable, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Um, so, yeah. We're going to uh, Kevin Roos. Ready? Let's go. See. Today, we're getting sopping wet with the blood of the enemies of the most metal Catholic saint to ever bury a bunch of guys alive inside of a boat. Olga of Kiev. And I'm saying Kiev. Mm-hmm. Because the YouTube guy I watched <laughs> said Kiev. I kept saying Kiev. I think it's properly pronounced Kiev. Okay. So either way, Olga of Kiev or Princess Olga. Even after she was made a saint for reasons that I cannot comprehend and joined that wailing lot of Christian losers, she still managed to sound gnarlier than fuck with a moniker that she still claims to this day. Olga, patron saint of widows. Which is pretty gnarly. That's pretty metal, yeah. But... Before she was defiled by the Catholic Church with her holier-than-thou nonsense, and even before she was the most feared queen regent in existence, before she was a blood-crazed widow, before she was the wife of a king and the mother of a prince, she was just Olga, a nice Varangian girl who, just like all the other nice Viking girls, wanted nothing more than to not shower or shave their bushes, but just to wait, <laughs> but just to welcome home their Viking men after another hard rape campaign. But Olga wasn't really like all the other Viking girls. She had a date with destiny. A date that would end in the cold embrace of another group of brutish rapists. The Christians. I'm just going to so, say the, uh, the bushes were probably natural for a long time. I know that that's a newer thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Well manicured crotches weren't, uh, weren't hot. Well, they didn't have the means. Yeah, the razor. I guess. Yeah, I guess they didn't have like a, a five blade probably, razor. That's the thing. A lot of stuff now that we just like, especially in grooming, that we just take for granted is because we have nothing else to do. Everything we're not in the modern world we yes, take because for we have granted. nothing else to do. <laughs> yes. So I've got this broke up into uh, five parts to make it a little easier for Christopher to keep up. Mm-hmm. So this is part one: the good times. Olga of Kiev. The good times. Oh, <laughs> Damn it. Okay, I'm not cursing anymore. You're gonna run out of not quarters already. Anymore. Anyway, Olga of Kiev, back when she was just plain Olga of Pleskov, a Viking town in what is now northwestern Russia, was born either as early as 890 CE or as late as 925 CE, which is kind of a monster difference that can really muck up the rest of the timeline. So for the sake of simplifying this tale that I'm already sure to make more complicated than I need to, let's just all plant ourselves in the 890 CE camp for today. Agreed? Yeah. Yeah. As far as Olga's early life prior to the marriage that'll kick off today's tale of revenge, little is known beyond her birthplace. What is known is that she was married off to a southerner named Igor at the age of 15. Igor? Or Igor. Igor. Oh, all right, <laughs> fine. For today, it's Igor. No, the, the only reason I say that is we just watched uh, Young Frankenstein last week, and he kept changing his name, and he goes to I- Igor, and he's like, well, I guess I'm Igor. <laughs> Elevate me. Yeah, that's a great because says I'm Frankenstein. <laughs> it's like no, you're not. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, she's 15, and that's a 15 with a one five mm-hmm. getting married off. And again, 15, I was still playing with Legos and could barely be trusted. Playing, to you mow were playing with yourself at 15. Who are well, you and I took breaks to play with Legos, but I washed my hands first. <laughs> Either way, her new hubby 
Igor was the son of the now-dead Rurik, who was a major deal when he was still breathing, but was a pale shadow compared to Igor's surrogate daddy and guardian, Oleg. Oleg is the man responsible for tying together that territory that I mentioned earlier, Kievan Rus. And beyond that, he was a founder of its capital, Kiev. And here's where we could really get lost in the weeds that take up this massive territory. The feuds, wars, nomads turned settlers, etc., that led to this loose congealing or led this loose congealing of tribes into a seething and fitful nation is a centuries-spanning crockpot of cultural clashes. But all you really need to know for today's story is that Oleg turned out to be the magnet that drew these tribes, forming a loose and relatively peaceful among themselves nation together. And the only tribe that really matters for us are the Drevlians. These mother effers. See, I didn't say it. Yeah. Uh, they were the wild card, populous and capable fighters. But like an ex-con at a Waffle House, you had to keep an eye on them. For <laughs> so Oleg, every Waffle House. <laughs> yes. For Oleg, though, they were an irreplaceable ally, assisting in the subjugation of other tribes and the occasional war against the Byzantine Empire, as Constant Constantinople was the most coveted prize of prizes for Kievan Rus. Kind of like us with Canada, which we will march through the streets of Montreal. That's the one draft I wouldn't dodge because I'd have to go Wait, to Canada. Wait, to, to, to go to war with Canada? Yeah. I work for a lot of Canadians. Smug <laughs> bastards. <laughs> anyway. You work for a lot of really rich Canadians. Everybody liked Oleg or were at least afraid of him. And the tribes of Kiev and Rus paid, paid regular tribute to him, more or less without question. But he had one damning flaw, a flaw that he shares with all of us. Oleg had an expiration date. So around 912 CE, Oleg the Wise's ticket came up, and he promptly died, handing over power to his charge, Igor the Bro. What's up, bro? The best way that I can quickly describe Igor is that he's kind of like Kendall from Succession. He shows up, sure, but there's more or less he's riding on the coattails of daddy. And everyone, he just expects everyone to fall in line. Because Didn't of his watch family the show. Name. No idea what you're talking it's about. Fun. It's the best. It's a what? Uh, it's the best show. What I did didn't you say? swear. Okay. Um, gearing these quarters up. But not everybody always like fell in line. Mm -hmm. So, part two, hubris. Hubris? Hubris. hubris. I'm saying Igor, I can say hubris. Igor Thomas. and his bride Olga were now running the show. And their reign started off with some growing pains. But the kingdom did manage to keep the wheels on for the most part. After a time, however, one tribe decided that Igor was too much of a wad to pay anymore. So they said, fuck him. I'm giving you that one. And started paying tribute to a local warlord instead. This was an issue, as Igor was even harder for the Byzantine Empire than his dad was, having already attacked Constantinople twice. And now he wanted to have another go at it. But that was going to take muscle and money. And one tribe in particular had both. That tribe, as you've probably all guessed, was the Drevlians, and they didn't want to pay. The enemy of my enemy? Yeah, the enemy of my enemy is my friend, except there's no friends in this story. They're just They all hate enemies. each other. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I guess the enemy of the enemy of Constantinople. Okay, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So the Drevlian territory was to the west of Kiev. So in 945, Igor decided to ride in force to meet with the Drevlian leadership and get his effing money. Damn it. The Drevlians wound up backing down, as Igor had brought more swords, and agreed to begin paying tribute again to Kiev. All was well, or so Igor and the gang, oh, and <laughs> so Igor and the gang turned around to go home. 
It wasn't very long into the return trip before Igar started getting this niggling little feeling that maybe he'd gotten fucked. You can take that one. That was way too easy, he thought. I could have gotten away with more cash than that. I'm not doing an accent because I don't know what it would be. <laughs> it, so, probably, it would be Russian. Well, okay, I'm going to do one for Olga later, okay? So yeah, oh, he's so like, it would be Russian. No, I'm Olga, and what? I'm the princess of Kiev and Rus. <laughs> That's the one I'm going to stick with. Anyway, <laughs> so he thought maybe he'd gotten screwed. He's like, I could have gotten more cash than that. Yeah. He stewed to himself, and finally... Uh, Igor and a small honor guard turned back around on their own to go tell Prince Mal that the Drevlians, uh, or Prince Mal of the Drevlians, that he was a little short and that he'd better pony up, or Igor was going to bury him. We will bury you. Instead, Prince Mal explained to Igor that he was now a severely outnumbered moron who had about 10 minutes left on this earth. Mal then got, or then had Igor's entire retinue killed. He then had two birch trees drawn back and staked to the ground like woodland catapults and had Igor tied with a rope to each of them. The stakes were then loosed and Igor was given a physics lesson that was completely lost on him as he was promptly torn in half. Treevenge indeed. Yeah, it's like getting drawn and quartered by trees. Exactly. Ugh. Pretty gnarly. There's, I'll get it, there's some, <laughs> that's questionable whether that is exactly how it happened, mm-hmm. but... It's pretty cool. Oh. Prince Mal thought this... All you gotta know is he's dead now. Yes. Prince Mal thought this whole affair was pretty funny, made further so by the fact that Igor's army continued home completely unawares. As Mal and the gang were still wiping their king's gore off their Drevlian jerseys or whatever it was they wore... Probably armor. Whatever. Yeah, but they're home. <laughs> they're just chilling. Okay. You know? To make certain that Igor's now widow, Olga, was made aware of her husband's fate and suitably cowed at the same time, Prince Mal sent an emissary group with the news of Igor's brutal death to Kiev, hot on the heels of Igor's returning army. This, in, this envoy arrived in Kiev via ship and were invited to take an audience with Olga in her great hall. There the smug bastards laid out all the deets, paraphrased here. Yo, Olga, what's up, girl? <laughs> We've got... You don't want to do. Can I try it in the accent? Yeah, will you read it real? Yeah, okay. Okay, so go ahead. So this is like one of the guys. This is a paraphrase. They're in the Great Hall, and he's about to tell Olga what happened with her husband. Yo, Olga, what up, girl? We've got some bad news. Your husband, Igor, had an unfortunate accident with a couple of birch trees. (gasps) They were going their separate ways, and he couldn't help but get between them. Oh, my. He's totally beside himself about now. What I'm saying is that we ripped your husband in half using a couple trees that we bent to our view. Oh, my God. We hope you don't arbor any hard feelings about it. But if you do, then we can totally make all like a tree and leave. Oh, my goodness. Was that a pun? (laughs) (laughs) That's very good. That was good. That was better than I was going to do. So <laughs> played a lot of GTA 4 in my That's, life. That's uh, so. <laughs> the best one. Yep. Uh, Princess Olga, now Queen Regent Olga, uh, as her son and heir Sviatoslav was only three at the time, did arbor some hard feelings about this tree murder of her hubby. But she was a shrewd woman and somehow, somehow kept her cool. The Drevlian emissary continued, dropping a bomb that left the hall speechless. See, Prince Mal... Mal, Prince Mal, her husband's murderer, thought that, well, now that Olga is like back on the market and all, maybe she'd like to marry him. <laughs> yeah. Yo, I just, <laughs> just murdered your uh, husband. It's pretty bad. 
Uh, you want the D, honey? <laughs> for, the rest, <laughs> for the rest of us, this would be maybe a bridge too far, but not for Olga. See, as we're about to see, she, as we're about to see, could be one cold, cold bitch when she had to be. So let's get into it. The bad host. Olga told the that's en- part three. That's part three. <laughs> <laughs> Olga told the envoy that the proposal was pleasing to her, but quite sudden, and that she needed time to process her grief. Obviously, she also because she did seem to really like Igor, which mm-hmm. is, was rare at the time. But from the little bit of research I did, like she had a hard time liking any dudes. Yeah, well, they were yeah. a bunch of dicks. But yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, she needed some time to process her grief. She also understood that this very public reveal was a power move on the Drevlians' part and that it was meant to make her look weak and subservient. She quickly decided that to appear so would lure these emissaries into a false sense of safety and work to her advantage. She told them that uh, for them to save face uh, and for her to appear publicly cowed, when she called them back the next day to... (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) When she called them back the next day to announce her decision on the marriage proposal... They should refuse to return to the palace under their own power, but request that the queen have them carried through the streets of Kiev on the ship that they arrived on. This was pleasing to the Drevlian dickheads. And they said, sure thing, Olga. Sure thing, Olga. The next morning, <laughs> you should just do those from now on, okay? That's yeah. your spot. Okay. The next morning, the Drevlians woke up in the, ar- in the harbor. I keep now, I'm going to say arbor. The, <laughs> the Drevlians woke up in the harbor to a crowd of Keeb citizens ready to escort them back to the palace. The crowd lifted the ship from its moorings and carried it through the city like pallbearers for the still living in a seaworthy coffin. When they arrived at the center out from the palace, the Drevlians were presented with a curious scene. The landscape seemed to have gone through some drastic changes since the previous night. Now, where once was a lovely courtyard, there was a suspiciously large ship-like hole in the earth. Panic set in pretty quickly aboard the ship out of water, but it was too late for negotiating. Drevlian hubris, there it is again, had dug this grave. Hummus. Drevlian hummus had dug this grave. On a delicious slice of pita. I like <laughs> So yeah, the, uh, Drevlian hubris had dug this grave, and now those aboard this dry vessel were destined to sink in it. The ship was dropped into the pit, and the citizens of Kiev, under direction of Olga, buried the emissaries alive. Ooh. As dirt and rocks rained down on the screaming and doom crew, Olga of Kiev was heard to yell to them a question. Do you want to yell that question? Oh, this is from Olga. Yes. Okay. I'm going to do a woman's voice. <laughs> she yelled to them a question. Did they f- <laughs> do Did you they- feel that your honor has been served? <laughs> <laughs> Did they feel that? I can't do it. I just can't. Safe to say that they didn't. Things for the Drevlians didn't get a whole lot better from there. In fact, they got a whole lot worse. Olga had tasted blood and she liked it. So just like how I feel about ice cream, she wanted more. And she'd wind up full of bursting by the end of this <laughs> the end of things. <laughs> After this inland burial at sea. Revenge on a plate of Ben and Jerry's <laughs> over there. <laughs> After this inland burial at sea, Olga knew she had to move quickly before word got back to Prince Dickhead that she was that she had his fucking number. Go ahead. Uh, so Olga sent her own emissaries back to the Drevlians to tell them that she thought it all through and was totally down to marry her husband's murderer because he's such a bad motherfucker. Go ahead. And that she's just soaked thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> was she in the rain? These or are direct over translations. There? <laughs> 
Prince Mal was very happy boy at hearing this and agreed to send an escort back to Kiev made up of the Drevlian's highest ranking nobles to escort Olga back to his territory for the super awkward wedding. No, like like an actual escort, not like, hey, I need a date for the night. No, a real <laughs> escort, like to take care of her. And away they went. All whistles and high fives. Another Kievan Rus road trip that could only end in smiles and hand jobs. But it didn't quite work out that way. Upon arrival in Kiev, the Drevlian nobles were treated like the royalty that they thought they were. Olga greeted them personally in the Great Hall, with apparently no one noticing the giant ship-shaped mound of dirt outside, or wondering where the last guys that came to town got off to. Instead, they were treated to courtly niceties and a good, like, good-humored chit-chat. After all that nonsense, Olga suggested that the road-weary crew take some time and kick it in one of the city's renowned, luxurious bathhouses. They were like, totally. <laughs> we're the dirtiest boys, and the bath should even better that murdering your husband <laughs> again. Very good. Okay. So off they went to the baths. After disrobing and settling in for a hot soak, the most powerful men in the Drevlian territory felt their knotty muscles loosen and let out a collective sigh of relief. It was about then that the future Catholic saint, Olga, had all the doors to the bathhouse barred and barricaded. Maybe her guests didn't notice the heat right away, as they were warmed to their bones from the hot bath. Maybe they didn't notice the smoke right off either, as their vision was blurred by the steam. But at some point, the roar of the flames must have reached their ears, and the heat must have let itself be known for what it truly was. It the, was a fire. Yes, it's a fire. <laughs> we were getting burned. The crowd it was outside. very hot. It was not enjoyable. <laughs> the crowd, very calm. <laughs> the crowd Ow. outside set down their torches once the, once the flames had fully engulfed the walls of the bathhouse. Hot embers sparked in and out of existence as they rose up above the baths on waves of shimmering heat, and a pillar of black smoke could be seen from nearly anywhere in the city. But around the bathhouse itself, discounting the sound of the flames, the people there stayed as quiet as they could. They strained their ears and held their breaths. And if they listened hard enough past the fire, they could just make out the screams from inside as the baths boiled and the nobles turned to ash. Ow, this is very hot. Yeah. <laughs> Ow. Ah. Pain. Ha, you're bringing it. All right. Part four. The bad guest. After this most gnarly of killings, the Drevlians back home started to get a little concerned about where all these emissaries had gotten off to. Of course, not nearly curious enough to investigate it at all, or become suspicious of Olga's next ploy when she decided to take this revenge to her on the road. She sent a messenger to Prince Mal, basically saying that if she and her hubby's killer were going to get hitched, then she'd like to be with him to help plan the wedding. And that she could kill two birds with one stone, by traveling the mail and properly mourning her tree-murdered husband at the actual spot where the, he got tree-killed. Mal was all like, Totally. That sounds great. I'll show you right where I killed his ass. <laughs> this isn't suspicious at all. You've been watching a lot of what we do in the shadows, haven't you? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, that was good. Yeah. And so it went. Olga picked out a small delegation of some seriously dangerous motherfuckers. Go ahead. <laughs> to escort her. So, you know, we're down to four quarters out <laughs> of the got 13 that I, I brought. <laughs> Do you want those kids to have toys or not? Fuck yeah. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so, oh, anyway, so these dangerous mother effers, she got them together to escort her and uh, to her future husband in a way they went. Uh, when they arrived at the still fresh tomb of her late 
murdered husband, Olga and the crew were greeted by thousands of Drevlians. This was to be a serious affair, not just some ho-hum dinner party. Olga was left to grieve over the grave of Igor, and then it was off to the party to eat, drink, and get to planning her wedding with with his murderer who suspected absolutely nothing because more or less he saw Olga as a weak-willed woman who'd be glad to have any man at all. And if you haven't gathered this yet, that was not the case. Olga and her crew took it easy without raising suspicion. Didn't drink a whole lot. Kind of like just chilling. Mm-hmm. Well, the Drevlians got blind, stupid drunk. Didn't they provide the mead? I believe. The I think thing, they did. The thing I is because they brought into, it. They brought a ton of mead, and we're like, "You're right. Oh, yeah, drink it up." So they're getting shit faced. Mm-hmm. The Drevlians. After Queen Regent Olga deemed that the rollicking Drevlians as a whole were shit faced enough, she gave the order. Olga's delegation of heavily armed Druzina drew their swords and went to work. Picture the Red Wedding, but on a scale in the thousands. The Drevlians were still awake, that were still awake were too drunk to defend themselves, and the Druzina carved through them like standing fields of wheat. It was wholesale slaughter. The green and brown grasses were painted red, and the smell of wine and roasted meat, or mead, uh, was snuffed out by the reek of blood and excrement. Even Olga herself took up arms and got her hands bloody with the glee that only a person destined to be a Catholic can truly muster. Depending on your source, the number of dead can wildly vary, with some accounts saying that, that the Druzina and Olga felled more than 5,000 Drevlians that night. But regardless, she made her point. The wedding was off. I'd say so. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty blunt. And the, the poor, only thing... Poor first meeting with the in-laws on that one. I want to... Maybe we'll talk about it a little at the end. It was where Prince Mal ended up. I don't know if you got into that at mm. all. Okay. We'll talk about it a bit at the end. Okay. okay. Part five, the fire starter. If you thought that this was the end, then you don't know Olga. The queen or was Chris's no- <laughs> stories. <laughs> the queen was nothing if not thorough, and she wanted this saga wrapped up with a bow, a big red bow soaked in the blood of her enemies. So she took Kiev to war against the Drevlians. And she fucked them up hard. How many quarters do I have? We left? have two, two left. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'll make them count. Many of the settlements. Oh, wait. Hold on. <laughs> many of the settlements throughout the Drevlian territories lost quickly or surrendered out of fear of Olga's insane reputation. They fell in line and began to pay the tributes asked of them to be a proper part of Kievan Rus. But there were some holdouts. And these folks barricaded themselves in the Drevlian's capital city of Koristan in the hopes of waiting out Olga and having nothing to do with that crazy bitch ever again. But the thing with Olga was that she could wait as long as she needed to. Got you some more quarters here. Thank you. Okay. She lay siege to the city and was merciless with attack after attack on her walls, as the population inside slowly starved, as those under siege are wont to do. From time to time during the siege, Olga sent messengers to the city leaders requesting a parley for her to... Uh, for her to lay out her terms of surrender. The holdouts were a tad reluctant. They knew what happened when Drevlians showed up for meetings with Olga and were wary of any tricks. But eventually, prudence prevailed and the gravity of the situation tipped the scale. They agreed to hear Olga's terms. It ended very badly for them. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) The terms sounded agreeable enough, if a little odd, uh, with no real concessions on the Drevlians' part. So they agreed. Uh, Olga's terms were this. Do you, want, do you want me to do this? Give me three pitches. <laughs> I can't do I can't do the high pitch. All right, I'm going to do it as Olga okay. in my head, all right? 
This is a quote from her. Give These are her three terms. Pigeons. Give, me, give me three pigeons and three sparrows from each house. I do not desire <laughs> to impose a heavy tribute like my husband, <laughs> but I require only this small gift from you. If you <laughs> for you are impoverished by the siege. <laughs> That was terrible. Uh, it was very, huh? very feminine. Very feminine tone so, there. Yeah. Each house in the city uh, had to hand over six birds. That's it. I don't know how bird inflation works, but this seems like a win for the Drevlians. That'd be a lot of birds. It would be a shit ton of birds. So they gave Olga the birds and uh, all that they all had in their houses or near their houses for some reason. Everybody had six of them. So whatever. All was well. The city had less bird mouths to feed and Olga's term is, terms had been met. Then she stabbed them all in the back with the birds. Mm-hmm. Olga's last nail in the Drevlian's coffin went like this. She had her soldiers tie a small string to each bird and attach to that a bit of cloth wrapped around a chunk of sulfur. The birds were then released to return back to their little birdie homes throughout the city. And then just a few small fires were started dangerously close to these little birdie roosts. I don't think that a degree in chemistry is required to grasp why all those sulfur bits are vital to how this ends. As these baby fires roared into grown-up fires, the flames licked at the little birdies' feet and caught a hold of the sulfur. These chirping sparrows and pigeons were now angels of death, and they quickly spread their gospel of horror throughout the city, paying no mind to who received their word, be it man, woman, or child. Coriston turned night into day as she burned to the ground, swallowing her citizens and turning them to black soot. Those, who's, those who managed to escape the city walls were greeted with swords and spears, turning the ground around the city into a moat of blood. Those few who were spared were captured and sold into slavery. I want to peel off here real quick. Yeah, go The for whole it. bird bomb thing, the whole firebombing with birds. I was very confused by it, but please. Okay, have you ever heard of anything during World War II called the bat bomb? I don't think so. If they didn't... Uh, get the atom bomb built in time. They had already devised bombs with bats with a small incendiary explosive tied to them, dropped from airplanes, and these very creative things. They're going to drop it over Japan. This is real? Swear to God. No shit. 100% look up bat bomb World War II. Okay. Story is insane. They, like, it would have worked, and it would have been similar because all these bats... As they dropped from the planes, they had it set up so they uh, it like opened in sections and they kind of would wake up because it was cold yep. uh, at atmosphere. And they'd wake up and then they would fly down to all of these like wooden Japanese structures, <gasps> mm-hmm. all of them. And then the incendiaries would start and burn like every building no to the shit. ground. So this is a real, so what, a thousand years later, yeah. they had a similar plan. Yep. That's just awesome. Yep. I mean, it's horrible. But just to but think then that, they like, did the atom bomb and yeah, it was then it's even pretty worse. Bad, yes. yeah. <laughs> but to think that like everybody thinks that we've changed so much, but yeah. what an example uh-huh. to take basically the exact <laughs> same, same plan. thing that somebody yeah. did before the year one thousand. Yep, that's cool. Yeah, look hmm. into that. It's pretty interesting. I've seen a bat mom, bat bomb, a bat bomb <laughs> at uh, Bath Body Works, but I think you put it in the tub. Okay, it's like a Halloween theme. Yeah, it's like a bath Halloween bomb? themed bath bath bomb. Bath bomb. Anyway, that's good. <laughs> yeah, keep going. So yeah, whoever got out, they captured him, sold him into slavery, and it was with this that Olga's thirst for blood was finally sated. I mean, I personally feel it was a little much, but I guess she was a really thirsty girl. 
This is not, however, the end of Olga's story. Far from it. But that's about all I have the voice for today. Um, I know I alluded a couple times earlier on there to her eventual catching of the virus that is Christianity and that she was made a saint, but we're going to save all that. Uh, it's a lot to unpack, so we're going to kind of take a different approach here. We're going to tackle Olga's sainthood and some more revenge goodies in the next week's Mind Camper, and where we'll have like a little more room to breathe mm-hmm. and get into what it takes to become a saint other than being a bloodthirsty monster. Okay. But for today... I'd say that Olga has plenty filled our bags with tricks and treats. And remember, if you're searching for the real root of evil, look no further than the birch tree. Burn them all and think of Olga, the patron saint of widows. No one will arbor you any ill will. Oh, that was a good play on words there, Chris. The end. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very good story about revenge. Isn't that wild? Yeah, there was. I have, I have to call out the only reason I know anything about it is from another podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if anybody wants a fun podcast to listen to, listen to Something True. It's way better than ours yeah. because they're British, not because they're more talented. They're just British people are better. But oh, they, oh, really? <laughs> but they get to the point very quickly. I, I love your train of thought on things. Like just because they have an accent, like oh, they're clearly better. I know. I can I can think as highly of myself as I want to. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm above the the rest of the drivel here in America, uh. but. Then, like, if I meet a British person, I just, oh. I don't know. Oh. You could probably meet some, like, working class, stiff, like, deep Liverpool, just, like, salty as all shit. He just happens to have an accent, and he would probably talk to you like shit. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, I guess they're just people. They're just people. <laughs> just, just they're just ac- people. Yeah, no doubt. Just it's people. just an accent. <laughs> That's I, all I got. I, I love your, your dated hack approach on... Uh, your Christian comedy, huh? Like it's just the the your your Christian jokes. Oh, we're gonna get into it. It's just, I, I, it's I, like, I gotta. I, it's like the, the one thing I've been learning about like comedy and things like it's hack. Like oh, it's low hanging fruit. So played 100% out. Percent low hanging low hanging fruit. I do like, like I do like I did get on a site um, where it shows all the saints. Uh huh. And they had Olga on there, and she is the patron saint of widows. There's like very little mention. Like if you don't hit this drop bar, there's absolutely no mention that of she all killed her thousands of yeah. people. Uh-huh. But I will, to their credit, they do have a link to the Wikipedia page. So there's well, that. Yeah. Well, that's cool. But that's the tale of Olga. That's a good story. The princess of Kiev and Rus. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't. Yeah, there wasn't a, a mean Twitter post or a. Revenge porn picture out there. No, to, she didn't have it. She had to do it. She had to get her. She had, uh, to, she had to get her, her her hands dirty. IRL, yeah. That'd be. A you diff- got anything, Ann? Uh The only thing I had here is Chris. When are you going to write a book so we don't have to suffer through your long-winded stories on this show? I'm working on it. Are you finally? Yes, of course I am. Yay! I'm excited. <clears throat> is it going to be like a short? I'm not story? saying anything. What's it about? I'm not telling you. Come on. Not on the show. I'll tell you later. All right. So Chris is writing a book. That's cool. This will get me a lot of. Um, one was, uh, this will get me a lot of. Uh, <laughs> so when you, <laughs> a lot of press. I don't have any words. I don't have any words. Yeah, a lot of press because there's what 15 people listening. Yeah, so. yeah. Oh, I'm gonna get Chris's the, book. Self-published. Sell like. Hey. Sell as many copies on Amazon there's as a you lot do of our shirts. <laughs> who self-publish books? I, one yeah, of my favorite too. horror books ever was mm-hmm. a self-published book. Uh, yeah. Pen Pale. It's a good one. It's really scary. Yeah. Was yeah. it about the time you were writing that person and they were- No. 
It's we're, a scary book. We're, we're pale. It's got a great scene in a crawl space. So every time I'm in a crawl space, now it just scares the shit out of me. <laughs> You're in crawl spaces all the time. Yeah, I know. And then last night I got even more scared because you and your wife came over for a movie. and we Great was, film. Yeah, John, we finally watched Premutos. It was incredible. But <laughs> So we watched this horror movie. Mandy's out with everybody. I'm by myself. You guys leave. Jenny goes to bed. I'm in a dark house playing Liza P. I feel this breeze. And I walk into Cold my office. fall breeze on your neck. Yeah. I walk into the office in the back of the house. The back door's open. Mm-hmm. And I didn't open it. Yeah. So I'm terrified. <laughs> I'm still not. A, I didn't check the loft yet because I fell asleep. But if there was somebody up there, they mm-hmm. probably would have killed me already. You'd probably be Unless dead. Unless it's a squatter. Maybe they should. Oh, yeah. Oh, maybe someone's true. just up there. Well, didn't you go up there this morning and work out? No, I didn't go up there. Oh, okay. I did freak myself out a little bit, though, because I thought I saw a head up there. But it was just the back of the recumbent bike. So. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, great story. All right, let's close this out. Jordan, you got anything to add? Not really. No. (laughs) (laughs) It was epic. I'm glad that it was a woman who saw it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The the little bit I've learned over history, like, there's a lot of women who do a lot of revenge. Yes. Yeah. 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 Because they're constantly underestimated. Spite, yep. Spiteful But that species. was like, and I didn't get too into it, but like, yeah, that was a lot of this was that like no one, like there were so many clues along the way. Yeah. Like this, I made that sound fast, but this is over a, a long period of time. Yeah. Like, they could have been like, what's happening to all these guys that aren't coming back? Yeah, where are they all? But they're just like, oh, she's not fucking doing anything. What's she doing? Someone? Nope. She killed everybody. It was very cool. Well, good. All right, I'm done. All right. Thank you all for listening. That was great. Good time. We do have a mind camper planned about this, about revenge. So that'll be in another week or two or whenever we get to it. Yep. Um, We got enough quarters here. We're going to go do Toys for Tots next week, I think. So we'll post a picture of that. It'll be fun. Going to go to one of my favorite stores and get some toys. Ollie's. (laughs) Ollie's is great. I love Ollie's discount all right what of it get a deal all right uh be sure to follow us be sure to share the show check us out instagram facebook at tough shit the podcast uh yeah you can see our smiley faces over there and yeah. our p.o box is on there too i know chris and Corey are really sad they haven't gotten anything yet I haven't, so I'll, I'll, yeah. even if it's out of yeah. pity please send what. us something mail me something so i can justify the hundred dollars it costs to open a goddamn p.o box How for a year you have to pay the hundred dollars for a year so you have to pay a hundred dollars a year for a p.o box yeah but most people have successful businesses that have some sort of income that'll send cover us something <laughs> all right I, I forgot to tell you i did get a piece of mail the other day what was it? It was something from the previous owner of that P.O. box. <laughs> <laughs> it was like well, a it was like a thirty percent off coupon to some place. I was like, "Well, that's not my it name. Counts. It counts. It's not my it name, so I can't take it. <laughs> so I had to throw it out." But yeah, that's the only thing I got in the last two months. So, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the that's the show's health. Either way, it's fun. So yeah, follow us. Do all that shit. Uh, we'll keep you posted on the next one. And with that, we'll say see ya. So you can say bye or whatever. Well, you do it first. I do the last thing. I close it out with bye for now. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye for now. <laughs>